But then, um, so then when I got eliminated from the show, that night is absolutely crazy because you're eliminated and immediately you go and you talk yeah. to uh, a therapist. Oh, because <laughs> they want to make sure you're okay. Yeah, that's well, that's that's good of them, at least to make <clears throat> yeah. sure that everything is okay. It's, you know, no, they really like the show really cares. I mean, they really love their contestants and they're very supportive. So um, mm-hmm. so you go and, and you you talk to somebody and make sure that you're okay and they want to. You know, they just want to make sure that, you know, you're you're going to be all right. And they're they're going to tell you things to help you. I was OK. Yeah. I was fine. But um, that's, that's, that's very I was good to hear. I was happy. I was happy that I'd made it as far as I did, because mm-hmm. the amount of talent that was on my season oh, was amazing. So, you know, it's it's like, well, watching your if I stayed, intense, who was going to go? It was an intense spiritual like, <laughs> experience for me every time I watched oh, them. I always had to take wow. a moment just. Calm down before I went to my next class. All the rhinestones. Yeah. Um. <laughs> every every single time you yeah. rocked it. Oh well, boy, thank you. I was really jealous of your clothing choices. By the way. Oh man, I had we had that was such a fun collaboration with the with the wardrobe department. I know I they were sad to see me go because they're. Oh. Uh, um, it's but like, you guys can send me clothes still if you really well, want they, to wear them. They gave me pretty much everything. Wow. Yeah, I think the only there were a couple things I didn't get to keep that were rented. Mm-hmm. And they didn't really fit me anyway. Like one of my favorite things was when I did the Mary Lambert song. Mm-hmm. I had this really cool Transformers face looking uh, like glittery, colorful top underneath. Yeah. And I wore a jacket because it didn't fit me. We couldn't zip it up all the way in the back. Oh, no. But I was like, I have to wear this. So they so they make they work magic. It's incredible. Um, oh, and then awesome. The dress that I wore for We Belong, that was a rented dress. Mm-hmm. That was a very expensive dress that they altered for me. And once once I finished with it, they had to unalter it, oh, you no. know, but there that's like Kim's amazing. The our seamstress lady is Crazy, crazy good. Gosh. So, did you ever get your pants back? The ones that you originally auditioned with, with it that they kept for yeah. like, the first time. Uh, yeah, those I nice striped ones. Yeah, I did. Oh, I that's good. You know, I haven't worn them since because, <laughs> like, you know, I think that's what happens. Any, any time. Good luck pants now. Yeah. Well, I thought about adding them to the Kickstarter, but I was like, no. I think this means these so nice. these mean something to me. I can't. Yeah. I can't. Um, but yeah, so, so you're eliminated, you go and you talk to a therapist and then you, you walk the red carpet and you talk to like mm-hmm. 10, 15 reporters, entertainment weekly. And yeah. so today interviewed me and they asked me, do you think that the voice should care more about the performance and not just the singing? Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of like a knee jerk reaction where what I meant to say was, yes, I do, but they do. Yeah. And um and and that's essentially what I said, but I was just like, yeah, I do think that they should do that. And I said, you know, I think it's important because a lot of these very young performers, this is their very first time. Mm-hmm. And this is an incredible first time. Yeah. You know, uh and and they need to know there are things that you learn from being on the road for several years that you that you don't learn from from doing things like the voice like what to say in between songs, how to, how to talk to your audience and, and how mm-hmm. to move on stage. And, um, and so I just said that and I was being honest, but you know, at the same time, I also said that the voice a hundred percent supported me on every little thing that I wanted to do. Yeah. Cat, you want to crowd surf? Really? 
All right. Well, how can we make this so you can continue to sing <laughs> and you're not going to get dropped and it's on live television and we're not something bad's not going to happen where we're all going to look terrible oh my gosh, and it's going to hurt you, your chances, you know, and, and, and so, so you continue to collaborate, but, um, and then with we belong, you know, they called me up that night that I was saved and they're like, God, we really want to keep you on the show. What can we do? What can your next song be? that's really going to grab those people that aren't voting for you. How amazing. Oh man, there's just, they're so great. And uh, so they were like, well, let's do an older song. Let's do like an eighties rock ballad. And and I had put um, the Pat Benatar song on my list. Cause I love that song. Mm-hmm. And like, well, what do you think about that one? What do you think about doing that one? I said, I'll do that one. I'm really excited about that, but I want to have male dancers clapping, doing the, like doing those claps around me. Like oh, I have yeah. this vision and they made it all happen. And they didn't say we can't, we, this isn't in our budget, whatever. No, they gave me everything that I wanted. So, so the next day, that um, says so much about them too. Just, just as, as people looking for people, they, Oh, they're awesome. They really love the show. I mean, I saw Nicole, one of the producers, she cried like all the time. She would get so emotional. Um, that's, that's so, <clears throat> so great to hear. And also just like, it, it, it really kind of humanizes them too. Cause you know, a lot of people, Think They're of the awesome. Voice is just it's it's just this giant bureaucracy just of people trying to make a, a show, just trying to get views, trying to get, you know, just to make it make yeah. it profitable. But at the same time, hearing this is also really grounding them, just helping us realize that these are people that want yeah. to and Chad, get, like yeah, just try and get success for 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 people that hadn't been discovered yet. Yeah, and that's they get. I mean, they get the last. I mean, every night. Uh, I remember there was one time where they weren't happy with our um, group performances. Like we mm-hmm. weren't putting, you know, we're not being judged on that. And there's not a, a lot of time to put into it because you put so much time into your solo performances yeah. and you only have a few days to get all of this together. Oh wow! And Chad came in and he was, he was kind of like, you know, he's our boss and he was trying to be tough. <laughs> and he was like, I really need you guys to put your heart into these group performances because they're so important and he's like he started crying and he's oh. like you don't know what this means to me and we're all like oh but um but yeah so the day after the elimination and I had said that to the today show um the headliner was uh Kat Rebusho thinks uh, the voice should care more about performance I and saw it, that. it looks it really bad so unlike <clears> you <throat> to say that just to, to speak out against it too well there's a video and if people care enough they can go and watch it and they can see exactly what I said which was I a very was sensible thing and of course it wasn't but I did, but I'm, but I'm learning that you have to be like, you have to be really careful mm-hmm. how you say things. And, and, and what kind of sucks is that because today, the uh, today.com is such a big publication and, the, yeah. and it's linked to the today show. Uh, it's like the first thing that comes up when you Google me. So, oh. <laughs> and you're like, no. And so you just, you, you have to be really careful with what you say and they're going to, they're going to print uh, you know, a sensational headline. So, yeah, but, but when I went back for the finale, um, I, i I did the best that I possibly could to make sure everybody knew how much I appreciated them. This is Sabah Khan reporting for WKNC, and this is the third part of our series talking with Mr. Charles Parrish, a student at NC State that is going to Mars. We're going to be talking about music, his leisure time on Mars, what his life on Mars is going to be like, and what his real end goal is with going to Mars. Getting there is such a big journey. How long does it take? Yeah, six to nine months, depending on the relative location of the planets. It's a long journey, and it's going to be an even longer stay there. What do you get to pack? Like, how do you pack for something like that? Oh, man, packing for Mars. Um, I think about that a lot. I mean, there's really not much that 
I'm not a very sentimental guy, so there's not much that I would bring physically. I mean, thankfully, we have digital technology now that allows us to store massive amounts of data in a very small amount of space. So assuming the data wouldn't be corrupted, I would be able to take you know pictures from home, bring music. music yeah, I was going to ask you about that because I was so surprised because Nick told me you're a DJ here. And I was like, OK, this guy loves music. Well, what is he going to do? How is he going to bring that there? Because there are a lot of songs and I get sick of songs after a while. You know, I want new music and all the time I'm always trying to get new music and how how are you going to do that? Well, thankfully, uh, interplanetary internet is up and coming. We will be able to have an internet connection there. Oh, you're saying this like it's not that big of a deal, but that's really cool. It is is very cool. It is very cool. You could like Skype with your family. That would be a very boring call. No offense to my family, but it would take 20 to 60 minutes for a one-way transmission. So getting a response would take that amount of time back. So doubling that time, it could take anywhere from 40 minutes to two hours to get a response back. But uh, it is likely that we'll have video logs, uh, one-way video transmissions, not waiting on the other end as you would on Skype. But yes, thankfully, we'll be able to communicate back home. That's great. I was just, yeah, I had so many like concerns that, you know, it's just going to be the way way they said one-way mission. You're never coming back. We're never going to see you guys again or anything like that. that scared me, but no, that's that's amazing that they're going to have internet. So for music, are you going to take an iPod up there or just have it on flash drive or something? Yeah, I would have to take flash drives upon flash drives. I would have uh, definitely would take a solid state hard drive up there loaded with music, uh, all kinds. And yeah, that's awesome. And I, so what would you guys do for fun? Like it's a lifetime. So, you know, you're not going to be researching all the time. It, it's your life up there. It's not like you go to work and come back. So what are you going to be doing for fun and just relax? Well, we will have some leisure time. Yeah, outside of the construction, maintenance, and research, we'll be able to communicate back home. Uh, we'll be able to read and write and maybe paint and create music, listen to music, um, look outside. That would be incredible. Um, I don't think I'd ever get tired of that. Yeah, and uh, just... More more creative hobbies than anything else that don't require, you know, going out or uh, massive amounts of alcohol. Okay, cool. So going off of life on Mars, what are you guys going to have to do for the necessities of life? You get like a constant supply from Earth or is you guys going to have to be completely self-sufficient and make your own lip balm or paste? Because you know? if you don't keep up with your hygiene, then you guys could get diseases. And- uh, there will definitely be, if not a doctor, the equivalent of a doctor. but. The goal, ultimately, is to become a self-sustaining settlement. That's not to say that we will be initially, and we won't be, but we will be working towards that. We will obviously come with an initial supply because the crews will come every 26 months. Each crew will bring more supplies. With each round of supplies and new tools and new technologies, we'll be able to become more self-sustaining. Things like soap we could potentially start producing there. That sounds cool. Oh, yeah. So for you, I heard you say construction. So how would you guys expand? Like, is there a plan to just make more and more pods all around Mars and you guys could just walk from each one? And just so it's not just always constraining you in just one pod. You guys could make a huge like mall or arena or something on Mars. And is that a plan or is it just going to be small pods? It would initially infer 
a while be smaller pods. But those pods are the capsules from the journey there and from previous robotic missions. So with each crew, uh, a new capsule will arrive. There will always be at least one more capsule than crew. So everybody will be able to have their own space and there will be a little extra space. But in addition to the capsules, there will be likely inflatable habitats or some sort of structure that's less rigid than one of those big heat-shielded capsules that would connect along a row of those capsules to have a larger communal living and working area where you know you can grow plants, you can have your leisure time, you can have lab space. And you know, down the line, yeah, we'll be able to create larger structures, but that's probably not what I would see. Oh, really? You wouldn't like that? Uh, I would like that, but that's probably not what I would see. Well, maybe oh, not in, your... in my lifetime. Really? Maybe not. Oh. Maybe. We'll see. That would be cool, because then it would feel like fun having such huge structures and walking around in them and, you know. Well, there is a whole planet to walk around. Yeah, so can you just walk or like, can you just be like, okay, guys, I'm going to put on my suit. I'll be back in like an hour and just no. explore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, no, yeah. yeah. No, but, you know, there will be a few EVAs a week, probably similar to our schedule at MDRS. What is EVA? Uh, extravehicular activity. That's any time you leave your either flight vehicle or your base. Uh, anytime you leave an airlock, it's considered an EVA. So like when the astronauts on the space station uh, go out of the station in their suits to repair a module or something like that, that's an EVA. Yeah, we would likely have a few per week, and would that would be scheduled. It wouldn't just be a spur-of-the-moment thing, most likely, because we would need to be very uh, conservative with our oxygen, fuel supplies, those types of resources uh, that will be scarce initially before we become self-sustaining. Uh, we will be able to go outside and explore, which I'm looking forward to. Mm-hmm. So... Are they going to have, like, a gym to so you guys stay fit up in Mars? Yeah, yeah, probably not a whole gym, but we will have a suite of uh, of equipment to keep us in in shape. And, you know, we'll be able to do cardio. We'll have a treadmill. We'll have uh, weight systems. And uh, thankfully it'll be a little easier to operate those than it would be on the space station or at least easier to design those because Mars actually has gravity. So uh won't have to be total counterbalancing up there. And uh, yeah, it, most of the exercise would be done indoors. Um, but that's okay. I'd rather be breathing the air in there than yeah. outside. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, what's just, what's your end goal with this? Like what, what do you want to achieve with this whole thing? Just get wrapping it all together, and in general, like, what? Why do you want to do this? Uh, there's a quote by Carl Schroeder, Canadian science fiction writer. It goes, "If we knew how to live on Mars, then we would know how to reduce our footprint here on Earth." I firmly believe that, and I think that in order to become a self-sustaining settlement on Mars, we have to develop and practice a whole bunch of technologies to recycle, reduce, and reuse 
uh, all of the resources that we're fortunate to bring with us and have available there. And we're also going to have to demonstrate uh, in-situ resource utilization, or ISRU. And that's um, just taking advantage of what is available on Mars uh, in terms of its uh, minerals and the, the soil there, maybe for growing plants or the atmosphere. Uh, it has a very carbon dioxide-rich atmosphere, 96%, uh, as opposed to our 0.03%. So we'll be able to demonstrate technologies like electrolysis from the atmosphere, being able to generate oxygen from the carbon dioxide. We'll be able to extract water from the soil. The point of this isn't to potentially all of Earth just to move to Mars, but for everyone on Earth to treat Earth better. Correct. That's so interesting because I never, I, whenever I heard about people going off to other planets, I would just get so frustrated because I'd like, why would you just, not you, but why would people destroy this planet and say, oh, it's okay, we have all these other planets that we're just going to learn how to you know, inhabit and our problems fixed. But it's totally opposite for you. You want to go there. We learn how to you know, treat our Earth better. That's, that's my main reason. Yes. It's nice. I didn't think that's what it was. Like, that's what the goal was for people to you know, inhabit Mars. I, I doubt that that's everyone's goal. But Yours that's, that's mine. I think expanding outward is uh, definitely something that we will do eventually and that we ought to do. But there's no reason why we should treat our home as poorly as we do. And so this project being uh, broadcast back to Earth I think that it'll be a great stage to show and demonstrate these technologies and demonstrate this uh, minimal, sustainable way of living uh, on a mass scale so that people will become aware of how to practice and think about how they're operating in their day-to-day -day life. So how do you want your name to go down in history? Uh, I would just like to be remembered as leaving the earth a little better than I found it. Well, there you have it, a really awesome way to go down in history. Um, Charles will also like to add something about his crowdfunding campaign. Uh, we are currently crowdfunding uh, for the first unmanned satellite precursor mission uh, that would launch in 2018. It's being crowdfunded on the website Indiegogo. It's under the Mars One project. That would be a satellite and a rocket that are contracted with Surrey Satellite Technologies Limited and Lockheed Martin. And those are will be the first in a series of precursor missions to enable the human landings in uh, 12 years from now. And so uh, please go visit that campaign and donate if you can or share it with your friends and family if you can't donate at this time, or both, best case. I very much appreciate it on behalf of the Mars One Project. Um, I would just like to thank my parents for being supportive for the North Carolina Space Grant, for helping fund some of the opportunities, such as my internship at NASA, to uh, bring me to where I am today. And uh, yeah, thank you for this interview. Well, thank you. This was an amazing opportunity for us to interview possible historical figure right here in our studios and we really do appreciate it thank you so much and that concludes the three-part series where i interviewed mr charles Parrish, an nc state student who has applied to go on a one-way mission to mars thank you all for listening it's been an honor to have interviewed him and it's so lovely that you all could have listened in on what we talked about have a great night and this is Saba khan for wpnc
The men's basketball team had a very exciting week, getting to the semifinals of the ACC tournament and securing a surprise bid in the NCAA tournament. They started the tournament off against Miami, winning 67-58 to behind a combined 46 points from T.J. Warren and Rawson Turner. Warren led all scorers with 24 points, and Turner went 5-for-8 from three-point range. In the quarterfinals, the pack was matched up with the two-seed Syracuse, a team that State would want to get revenge on after a one-point loss earlier in the year. While the pack may have shocked the nation with their 66-63 victory, it was no surprise to Wolfpack fans that the team was led once again by T.J. Warren. He scored a game-high 28 points to go along with energetic play from the much-improved senior Jordan Vandenberg. Unfortunately, the pack was not able to keep their tournament run going, losing to Duke 75-67. Warren did break the single-season rec- school record for 20-point games by scoring 21 the very next day, the Pack found out that they would be dancing, receiving an at-large bid to play in the NCAA tournament play-in game against Xavier. If State beats Xavier tonight in Dayton, they will be a 12-seed and will face 5-seed St. Louis in the second round. The men's basketball team finished the year with a 21-13 record. The women's basketball team was also able to beat Syracuse in the ACC tournament as well, taking down the Orange 79-63. Unfortunately, the Pack's next matchup was against the undefeated Notre Dame Fighting Irish. State lost 83-48, but they received a five-seed in the NCAA tournament and are set to play BYU in the first round. They ended the year with a 25-7 record. The baseball team had a tough week. After beating Stetson 6-1, they were swept by second-ranked Florida State by a combined score of 23-11. to Carlos Rodon struck out 12 batters in the first game, but only got, uh, really only got barely any run support, and the pack lost 6-1. to State took FSU to the 13th inning in the last game, but ended up losing 9-8. to However, outfielder Bubby Riley made the Sports Center top play with a diving catch that sent him crashing into the outfield wall. The baseball team is now 14-5 in the year and will play Elon at home tomorrow at 3. The softball team was also swept by FSU, losing three games to the 10th-ranked Seminoles. The losses ended an incredible 12-game winning streak for the Lady Pack. Molly Hutchinson and Hannah Summer both homered in the series. The softball team is now 15-9, and and their next game will be at home against Georgia Tech tomorrow at 3. The wrestling team recently competed in the ACC Championships, with team leader Nick Gwiazdowski taking home gold in the 285-pound weight class. Other wrestlers that were on the podium were junior Tommy Gant, who got second at the 157 class, and freshman Pete Renda, who was third at the 174 class. The Wolfpack finished sixth as a team at the championships. The pack had five wrestlers qualify for the NCAA championships, Gwizdowski, Gant, Renda, and senior Karan Jones and sophomore Sam Spenno. The competition will start this Thursday. Two throwers recently competed for the pack in the NCAA Indoor Track and Field Championships. Sophomore Nicole Chavis and junior Tremanisha Taylor both competed, with Chavis taking home first-team All-American honors and Taylor earning second-team recognition. Track team will next compete this Friday at the Carolina Relays. All of us here at WKNC and I in the Triangle would also like to congratulate TJ Warren on winning the ACC Player of the Year and a spot on the first team, all-ACC team, which are two very well-deserved honors. That's it for me today, but if you'd like more in-depth coverage on Wolfpack Sports, tune in tomorrow at 7 for Pulse of the Pack.
Here's what's going on at NC State. Tomorrow is the first day of the two-day annual WRRI conference, a research conference focusing on North Carolina's water resource issues, solutions, and opportunities. This year's symposium, Local Governments as Keystone Water Resource Managers, will explore the unique and critical role that governments play in managing water and in shaping the future of our water resources here in North Carolina. The event will take place at the McKimmon Center. Visit go.ncsu.edu slash WRRIAC for more information. Tomorrow evening, the NC State Craft Center presents an evening with master potter Hiroshi Tsuyoshi, in conjunction with the Gregg Museum's exhibition Remnants of the Floating World featuring Japanese art from the museum's permanent collection, the Tokyo native will give a presentation titled East Meets West. The event begins at 7pm at the Craft Center. Also tomorrow at 7 is the next in the Read Smart Book series presented by the Cameron Village Regional Library. Dr. Blair Kelly, an associate professor of history at NC State, will lead a discussion on the New York Times bestseller March by John Lewis. The novel delivers a vivid, first-hand account of Lewis's lifelong struggle for civil and human rights. Rooted in Lewis's personal story, it also reflects on the highs and lows of the broader civil rights movement. The discussion will begin at 7pm at the Cameron Village Regional Library. Tomorrow at 8pm, NCSU Center Stage presents Leo, the Anti-Gravity Show. The show famously leaves audiences wondering which way is up and which way is down. With several awards and great reviews from around the world, NCSU Center Stage is excited to welcome audiences to Thompson Hall's Titmus Theatre throughout the next week to experience the mind-blowing performance. Thursday afternoon, Holly Smith of Rutgers University and the National Humanities Center will give a talk on making moral codes usable for decision-making as part of the Philosophy Colloquium series. The event begins at 4.30 in room 331 of Withers Hall. Thursday at 6pm, Dr. Juliana Subotic will present a public lecture titled Crisis at the Hague, What Has Gone Wrong with International War Crimes Trials. An associate professor of political science at Georgia State University in Atlanta, Dr. Subotic works on international relations theory, human rights, transitional justice, identity politics, and the Balkans. Catch her speech at 6pm in Park Shops, room 200. Do you love insects? How about writing poetry? You're in luck! Submissions for the 4th Annual Hexapod Haiku Challenge are due this Thursday. Details can be found on the NCSU Insect Museum website at insectmuseum.org. Saturday at 5pm, the Kappa Delta Sorority is hosting its 3rd Annual Shamrock and Shag. The event includes a dinner complete with shag dancing and a silent auction and raffle to support Safe Child of Raleigh and Prevent Child Abuse America to raise nationwide public awareness. Next Monday is the 2014 Harrelson Lecture, given by Joe Klein of Time Magazine. His lecture is titled Politics Lost, The Search for Sanity, and will take place in the Tally Ballroom at 3pm. Next Tuesday is the next in the Future of Food series. Dr. Clay, Senior Vice President for Market Transformation of the World Wildlife Fund, will speak on feeding 9 billion and maintaining the planet during this seminar. The event will take place at the University Club on Hillsborough Street and begins at 3.30 with a question and answer session to follow. Also next Tuesday, the Fidelity Investment Speakers series presents Tom Mendoza, Vice Chairman of NetApp. He will give a talk titled Lessons Learned on the Road, from a startup to the Fortune 500. A reception will follow the event, which begins at 6pm in the Hunt Library Auditorium. Next Tuesday, the Craft Center presents Making Better Photographs Using the Tools of Visual Sociology. NC State Professor of Sociology and Photographer Michael Schwalb will discuss how visual sociologists study social behavior and how the methods of visual sociology can be used to produce better photographs in everyday life. A Q&A session will follow the event, which begins at 6.30 in the Craft Center. Next Wednesday is the 9th Annual Graduate Student Research Symposium. This year, there will be 200 poster presentations representing research being conducted in 53 graduate programs from all of NC State's colleges. A great opportunity to take a look at the interesting research projects being conducted at the graduate level, the event takes place from 1.30 to 4 at the McKimmon Center. Next Wednesday and Thursday is the Tunnel of Oppression at NC State. This interactive event highlights contemporary issues of oppression through a series of scenes aimed at educating and challenging the thoughts of participants. 
Discussion will follow the event, which hosts sessions from 11 to 2 and from 4 to 7 on Wednesday and Thursday. Next Thursday, the Egyptian Student Association and the Office of International Services present an Egyptian cultural showcase. Sharing the culture, music, food, and mysteries of this exciting country, the event will take place from 12 to 2 p.m. in the Caldwell Lounge. Next Saturday at 8 a.m. is the Run with the Pack Special Olympics Law Enforcement 5K Torch Run on Centennial Campus. For registration and more information, visit sportoften.com. Next Saturday is also Service Raleigh. Service Raleigh is an annual citywide day of service started in 1998 by NC State's student government and park scholars. To find out how you can volunteer and help local organizations, visit serviceraleigh.org. This weekend at the Campus Cinema, the films 12 Years a Slave and The Wolf of Wall Street will be showing. Visit uab.ncsu.edu for times. For more information on these events and more, visit ncsu.edu calendar. For Eye on the Triangle, I'm Nick Savage. Let's go, let's go.